Please note, this following podcast features bad language, right from the fucking start. And now, dissecting the week's most shared news stories, and separating the truth from the nonsense, it's the Ministry of Swooping. Hello and welcome to the Ministry of Swooping, a brand new podcast that does what you can't be bothered to do, look into the memes and stories doing the rounds on social media and working out if there's any truth to them. And yes, I know it is an unusual name, but then so is Argelico Fox. Uh, for those who don't know, Argelico Fox is a former Brazilian footballer whose transfer in 2001 led to the infamous Eurosport headline, Fox off to Benfica. Uh, anyway, why are we doing this? Well, online it's getting increasingly harder to tell the truth from the fiction. Like Adolf Hitler once said, the problem with things quoted on the internet is they're often not true. Uh, we're here to step up and help do the the background research that a normal sane person wouldn't be bothered to do and we'll tell you if you can trust the facebook post from that moron you used to go to school with we'll tell you whether to believe your idiot cousin's ramblings on twitter and we'll alert you if there's any of these post-truth politicians actually say something factually correct and we're going to have a little fun along the way as well so settle in for some bad slash lazy investigative journalism and a whole heap of bullshit i'm your host for today the secretary of state for nonsense al galpin and joining me as my parliamentary undersecretaries on this week's show he's an old colleague of mine and stands an impressive seven foot three inches tall it's nick chapel hello nick hello <laughs> and he's an old school friend of mine once fit an entire banana in his mouth sideways it's lloyd collins hi lloyd how you doing hi how are you both all right yeah do i mate how about you yeah good thank you yeah very good you, you threw me there with the um i forgot about it fox that's such a great fucking football name it's a great name isn't it? <laughs> i saw it on something and I've, i had to fact check that i was like that's good. i've got to check to see if that's Wasn't true there were a romanian player or something equally like his name was shit or something like that no i think there might I'm have gonna, been go google it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the german german uh Kuntz. Kuntz, yeah from euro 96 which is a brilliant great. one where you know, he passes it and just goes Kuntz. And I think everyone watching it at the time went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But I think Fox Otter Benfica is probably my favourite football headline. Well, yeah. What can you say? Exactly. I'm just trying to have like, is it a better one? No, there's not. No, there's no, not. No. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get some more good headlines later when we get to the new stuff. Uh, anyway, before that, has anyone had anything interesting happen to them this week? I mean, they've had to find interesting. I got drunk at the weekend. <laughs> to me, that's quite interesting. I haven't been drunk in a long time. That's and I turned my frog into a toilet, apparently. I said, again, I'll turn my frog into a toilet. I said that quite quickly then, didn't I? <laughs> you did. I was like, what? What? <laughs> yeah, have you not seen this like on um, on the rounds on social media and Facebook? Like, you get two toilet rolls. Right. You pop it on top of your closed lid and you get a used toilet roll, so the cardboard bit inside of it, put it in like between the seat and the lid and it makes a little tongue and then you have a frog toilet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Someone somewhere had that idea. Someone sat there one day and went, do you know what would be really funny? <laughs> but I love shit like that. A little crazy yeah, little shit like that. It makes my day. I, I can't beat that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm um, in the middle of a very long holiday and I've spent the last three weeks at home at my parents. I, I, I live in Bucharest, so I'm not some sad guy that hasn't moved out. Um, <laughs> I just made you, that moved out, you moved out a long way. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm at home at the moment. And, um, my, my parents decided to get rid of the garage. Uh, unless they did, it fell apart. And so they're building a cabin, one of these sort of kit ones. And I love making stuff like that. So, and, oh, are you going to come home? Like, yes. So I spent the last two, three weeks helping Dad make that. And then yesterday we made a shed. 
Nice. Um, so that's the height of my my interesting weekend. Is oh, that doing was pretty that. good? Useful. So yeah, yours, I mean, a bit more useful than a toilet frog. Yeah, well, I'd say yours sounds <laughs> far more productive than getting drunk and making a toilet it, frog. It is, but it's probably more sad. <laughs> I don't know why. Interesting weeks you've had. I nothing. I've been to work. Went to the Isle of Wight yesterday. That is interesting. That was, which was quite fun. Where else do you go? Uh, Shanklin. Ah, uh, nice. Uh, the mother-in-law and family were uh, over there for a couple of weeks, and mm. so we went over just for the day to take Hunter over to see his nanny. Yeah, we played on the beach for a bit. We uh, one thing that I did, and I have to mention this: they had you know those claw machines. You try and win yeah. things. Mm. I saw they had some of these at the arcades. Well, got some cash out, put a couple of quid in trying to win. I think it was a sloth. <laughs> didn't didn't win anything. Turned around to see John, Kitty's stepdad, had won a Peter Rabbit, and he'd given it to Hunter. So I tried another couple of times, nothing. Then they had another machine that was one of those huge claw things that had a Spider-Man in it that was like three or four foot tall. <laughs> Came close to getting that, but didn't. And we moved on. And then I went somewhere else and tried on another couple of machines, nothing. I think I got 10 quid out, and by this point I'd like got two quid left. And then uh, I thought, oh, I have one final go. We're going to try on this Dumbo one. I'm going to try and get Dumbo. And I'm trying, I'm getting really close got him picked up several times it just as it you know wobbles around it dropped out and then from across the room we heard a scream I've got fat digger <laughs> and it was this <laughs> little auntie who had won this fat tigger and she gave that to Hunter as well so I'd spent about 10 quid on about five different machines got nothing John spent two quid and got a Peter Rabbit and Maddie spent 20p and got a Tigger uh, no no Fat Tigger Fat Tigger so yeah which I raises got, questions like nothing. how did Tigger get fat because he's stuck in that machine he's got nowhere to bounce therefore <laughs> <laughs> he's not burning off the calories he normally would if yeah. he was out in the open Wow, yeah. some interesting thoughts there today. <laughs> Thank you for that. Interesting. And now, see, now Alan's there going, oh, what do I have what you both want? <laughs> <laughs> this is good. This is what we want. Some right. chat. So, with our introductions over, should we get on to some, some good stuff? We had some news. We've scoured social media for some news stories and memes that are going to be shared and taken at face value. And dug a little deeper into them to find the truth behind the headlines and the real maths behind any stats. Uh, so, without any further ado, here's this week's fake news roundup. Uh, I'll go with story number one. Uh, so, the first one is Win a seven night holiday to Las Vegas for sharing a Facebook post. Seen on Facebook, originally shared by the page Las Vegas Tours. Uh, it's not been seen anywhere else, but lots of shares on that Facebook page. At last check, it had 198,000 comments and 230. 33,000 shares and uh, the gist of it is that the post is made up from the Facebook page uh, and users are asked to comment and share on the post before a certain date to win a seven night holiday in a Las Vegas hotel suite uh, what do we think guys true or not my instinct in this is like it's like anything you see like people share like oh share this link and you can buy Ray-Bans cheap and stuff like that it's all bullshit <laughs> it's like every time I see stuff like that you see win a prize on Facebook nah I, I would agree. I think it's definitely it's false, isn't it? It's, it for one thing, it's, it's really vague. Who is Las Vegas Tours? Where have they come from? Who are they part of? What are they offering? It's just this, here's a prize. And people are going, yeah, I'll share that. Um, yeah. And it's one of those things you see a lot. I see it a lot with centre parks. Mm. You see that one come up every, every couple of months almost, that one comes on. So, yeah, we, I did a quick 
online search and found a post uh, from a fact, another fact-checking website called thatsnonsense.com who described the post as another example of Facebook-like farming using fake competitions or giveaways as bait to lure the users into engaging with the post. Um, they've got some good tips actually for spotting some such fake posts on Facebook. They say uh, the post has been made by a page that's only a few weeks old which on this version you can see through the page transparency feature it shows that this particular one was only created on the 18th of July two weeks prior to the competition was on as such the page has made very few posts in fact the only post of any kind of substance is the one offering the free holiday post is made from a page that is not verified highlighting the fact that it is not an official page belonging to any legitimate tour group from Las Vegas additionally the page lacks any kind of contact details there's no phone number no address or anything like that and the post request users share it on the timeline which is actually against Facebook's terms of service regarding promotions. In fact, the page admins can't even determine if an entrant has shared a post if that entrant has got their privacy settings to friends only. Oh yeah, share this and you might win, but we don't actually know if you shared it. Yeah. So uh, the site actually goes on to say the above are all telltale signs that it's not a real competition. It's likely at some point the post will be edited to lure users into an external website to harvest contact information. Alternatively, those who have engaged with the post might be contracted or contacted by scammers through Facebook. So that's something to watch out for. So yeah, the belief is there that it is fake because like you mentioned who are these guys where they've come from what is no official terms and conditions written on the post and when you see competitions normally the terms and conditions are longer than the actual post normally if you see them in magazines and stuff mm. so you've got to watch out for that kind of mm. stuff if it's not there it's bullshit mm. and yeah it's like like those center parks ones oh can't we've just had a cancellation so we're going to give this one away or oh sometimes you see it like oh we've just had this batch of ipads that uh for some reason we can't sell yeah so we're going to give them I've away see a lot of that type it's just nonsense so yeah so that's first news story of the day is complete bullshit false 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 so we'll move on to story number two Nick do you want to take this one yeah go on then woman arrested for defecating on boss's desk after winning the lottery (laughs) so this is from a link uh, from the Valley Report and it's been seen on Twitter and Facebook no one else is really covering this and the story goes that a 41 year old woman had a winning lottery ticket and won over 3 million dollars on Friday night but showed up to work anyway on Monday to deliver one last package the courier company had no idea her, of her winnings uh, I knew there was something wrong because when I came back from lunch the door to the office was closed said the manager I slowly opened the door to discover the woman with her pants around her ankles hunched over my desk like a hippopotamus slash cheetah uh, dropping a matapoo on my desk <laughs> <laughs> Oh, how there does it, how there does are many know... thoughts with that story going through my head. When <laughs> oh. <laughs> I first read that earlier, I was like, that is a way to go out if it is true. The thing that got me the most was the description part of it, where he refers to it as a... What, oh, the hippopotamus slash, slash cheetah. cheetah. Yeah, two very contrasting animals there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure a hippo just poos and it's actually moved its tail around to like a spray their poo around. It's all about yeah. like marking territory. Whereas I'm pretty sure a cheetah, much like a normal cat, would just literally squat and poo. It's two interesting animals to grab out of the air, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it could have been worse. It could have been like like a giraffe or a gerbil. Yeah, I think it's as well. <laughs> a hippo's primarily a herbivore. It eats primarily vegetables. Yeah, yep. uh, and the occasional person. Cheetahs are meat eaters, so surely what's being produced is going to be very, very different. Yeah, and therefore how they expel it must be. Yeah. Mm. My other thought was, I'm a teacher by profession, so I've learned over 15 years of teaching that when you leave your classroom, you lock it. 
what got, got me is this guy went to lunch and the thing that made him think something's not right here was the door was closed what kind of person leaves their office and doesn't shut the door and or lock it yeah. well I'd like to think that in a professional workplace environment he would be able to leave his door ajar and people would say oh he's not in that's fine I don't need to go take a poo on his table now <laughs> well that's true I suppose but I mean just you leave yourself open to all sorts of office shenanigans aren't yeah. you I mean that's the thing well if he had shut the desk would he come back to an email from us saying I tried to shoot on your desk but the door was closed <laughs> <laughs> just left here's outside. a photo of it by email instead and why wait till lunchtime? <laughs> She's, I, I think in the, the whole story, she she goes on to say, oh, I had it all backed up over the weekend. I went to all these taco places and I was just shuffling around the office in the end. I'm like, you're going. Just do it first thing. Picked up some good points there. Guys, that I, have, I haven't even considered. Yeah. I, think, I think the story. other thing as well, I mean, for in the world of internet where clicks are king, hmm. this kind of headline taps into a lot of things so a lot of people mm. was like I'd love to win the lottery I'd love to shit on my boss's desk this yeah. has got everything to it isn't it so you see that you click on it you're yeah. going to click on it you're going to click on it it's thing. apocrypha yeah. so this is, comes from the website called Valley Report now the actual Valley Report website has a disclaimer which says some of these stories may be exaggerated embellished or outright works of fiction <laughs> use proper judgement when reading anything on the internet <laughs> Uh, which of course you don't read at first glance when you see the headline you just no you read the headline you find out what the fuck's going on you don't just go like you don't all the way to the bottom the tiny print at the bottom basically says don't believe anything on the website almost is what it says so there is a mugshot attached to this story so I did a reverse image search and it turns out that mugshot is actually from an August 2014 news report about a Connecticut woman who was arrested in connection with hypodermic needles found in an elementary school playground. <laughs> so quite clearly, this story is completely false. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so Valley Report, if you ever see anything from them shared online, <laughs> take it with a pinch of salt. I think they're secondary to the, to the onion at this stage <laughs> in their you believability ranks. Salt? Do you mean like a whole like? Oh, a high salt ton of yeah. salt. Yes, absolutely. I mean, do they? even try to pass themselves as a legitimate news source I think what the thing is is with a lot of these satirical websites sometimes the world is so crazy these days <laughs> it's hard to tell the fake ones from the from the satire uh, yeah. and so with the fact that, that what's written right at the very bottom or out of the way this little disclaimer if you were shown this link without knowing who they were mm you might think of it as true I mean I'm sure people have done the same with The Onion because what people don't do is look into them and that's why we're here yeah <laughs> ironically I think the problem slight problem with this podcast is that the people who listen are the kind of people who would look into it anyway <laughs> but maybe yeah. <laughs> if we just get one or two along the way you go oh yeah no I wouldn't normally yeah. fall for that then that's okay so yes story number two complete nonsense we will move on to story number three I know Lloyd you're keen on this one so why don't you go for it's, this one it's hilarious uh, in a really, really upsetting way. So yeah. this wag, um, to start off with, start with a picture. This wag's decided he's going to take his gun collection. And now these aren't guns you use for hunting wildlife. These are guns designed to either injure, maim, or kill assailants. And he's decided the best way he could do this is to make an, what I suppose we call an homage to yeah, Donald Trump, you would call it and that. and he's arranged his guns to spell out his name and that's the first thing you see on this so the headline says did El Paso shooter upload a photo of guns spelling Trump this is from heavy.com 
which doesn't sound like a legitimate news source. Um, where has it been seen? It's been seen on Twitters. Um, Twitters? That's terrible. I sound like an old man doing that. It's been on the Twitters. It's been on Twitters. Um, it's on Twitter. <laughs> um, various news outlets have been scrambling to get this info on the shooter, some of which has picked up on the picture. Basically, it's just a number of guns who spell out the word Trump. Yeah, so obviously this is a pretty horrific thing that's happened this week is this, this shooting in El Paso and anytime things like this happen news reports really go and try and find out as much mm. about the person or the suspect as they can sometimes they dig up lots of interesting things that are really scary and sometimes they dig up stuff which is complete nonsense so that's why we wanted to look at this one so this is what's come up from this is this photo of these guns laid out as Trump which some news sites have suggested that the shooter has uploaded himself to one of his social media pages and I know you did some more reading on this. Oh, I, oh I certainly did. Um, you're quite right. Whenever you get these these terrible things that happen, um, because it's sensational, etc., etc., you're quite right. Everyone scrambles around. What more can we find yeah. out? What more can we find? And there's all sorts of crazy stuff going around. So on heavy.com, actually, to be fair to them, it was a fairly long, well sort of put together thing and it talks about the shooter i'm not going to say his name because i'm not going to give him yeah, any more airing of, of things just deliberately taken it off yeah everything that i've written as so well five fast facts you need to know but they're not fast because there's quite a lot of content it's a on long it. old article it's that. huge i haven't read the whole thing um, to be i went through it the <laughs> thing that got me was it's got the normal stuff the, the you know what happened the the reactions of various different people so you have the the old thoughts and prayers thing which drives me absolutely crazy and they normally come from politicians who've taken a lot of money from yeah. you know gun lobbyists etc etc so that's all they can say you've got all the the people saying about fact he was a loner we always get that as well yeah. all those different things and I think you know it goes to the nub of all these things and when we talk about these crimes all the things are trotted out oh well guns don't kill people the people behind it do etc etc get all that the thing that got me was the the manifesto which they've tried to kind of talk about here. They'll, they'll, they said the manifesto was posted on 8chan before the shooting, it appears, to have been written by the shooter. His response to the Hispanic invasion of Texas. Now, I teach history for a living. And um, I, I, I just want to... the other way around, mate. <laughs> just, just throw this idea out, which is this, that Hispanics have been in Texas before Texas was Texas, because yep. it was part of Spanish America. And Texas was there before it became part of the United States. So that's wrong basically yeah. but the, 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 the manifesto is insane so it starts off in general I support the Christchurch shooter and his manifesto this attack was a response to the Hispanic invasion of Texas those two things don't match no <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the shooting in Christchurch was a guy who attacked Muslim people yeah. this guy has decided to attack Hispanic people Hispanic people are the people who are from Southern, Central and South America are people from that region. That's a race of people. People who are Muslim, that's a faith. You can be lots of different races and have that faith. So there go, those two don't work straight off the bat. Yeah. And it just goes on. Um, a lot of this is just generally the kind of diatribe you see in most sort of right-wing nationalist kind of tracts. Um, and a lot of these things you can see going back in history. You know, they're, they're based on a very weird, loose logic mm. that doesn't quite make all sense. And it's just, it sort of goes on. So he, he's clearly not in the right frame of mind, like most people would be. And I know a lot of, there's a lot of things around this that we could get involved with and we don't 
we're not going to go too far into it. No. All. I mean, those touched on some good points yeah. there. Yeah. It's, it's a, the whole story, the whole thing is a, a whole lot to unpack, isn't it? Let's oh, be yeah, so much. This is why I've tried to focus on this one aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. To well, try and show you what people, what media do after such yeah, a tragic uh, event. And it's, it's a horrible thing that all they do is just like try and grab as many headlines as possible. It's, yes. And, and sadly, it does happen a lot in America with these shootings. I mean, the fact of the matter is, less than 24 hours later, there was another one, wasn't yes, there? Yes, there was. It's just horrific. The scary thing about this guy is that you read his manifesto, he clearly believed that there was a logical argument to what he was doing. Hmm. Um, and he's not a psychopath. And often we look at these stories and go, oh, he must have been mad. He must have been angry about something. Yeah. But he has got to that point where he felt he could do no more than to go out and, and kill these people because he believed his version of America was under threat. And yeah. that's, I think for me, that's the scary bit. Yeah. Now, like I say, there were a lot of tweets going around earlier as well suggesting that that image was posted by the killer himself um, and that the image shows his weapons. Uh, and it's also been mentioned that that image appeared on social media only moments before the shooting began. Now, a reverse image search proves that to be false straight away because that image was first uploaded to Imager in 2017. And at present, there appears to be no link between the guns in the image and the shooter. Uh, what did happen is a lot of some media outlets did pick up on the fact that in the moments after the shooting, they, they were doing a search of his what they thought were social media accounts run by the killer. Um, and they thought that there were a lot of associations with conspiracy pages and one of the accounts had liked a 2017 tweet uh, that featured uh, the image that we're talking about um, and it appears that that has been misreported slightly and then multiple people have then believed that he himself uploaded that image to his own profile uh, any accounts that Twitter suspected of belonging to him have now been removed by them there is a link between him and that picture he liked that picture on there uh, and the comment was about making America great again and supporting Donald Trump and things like that hence the guns laid out in his name but the picture himself as far as we can tell has absolutely nothing to do with this guy he just saw it on Twitter and liked it two years ago and that's all there is the link between him and that picture my final thought this is like if if I knew someone who liked that photo if I saw someone go like oh yeah that's really cool I'm going to like that just tell them to get fucked yeah, because especially these days, Twitter will show you. It will come up in your main newsfeed. Yeah. So and so has liked this tweet. Yeah, I think people are still not very savvy with social yeah. media, mm-hmm. and I think kids I teach are incredibly savvy yeah. on social media, um, and they know what they're doing a lot better than I do, and they're actually a lot more clever with it as well. Um, mm. I think the other thing with Twitter, of course, you you, you can create your own echo chamber. Absolutely. Uh, I've done that very deliberately with Twitter. I'm like, I don't really want to hear the hate. Yes. Occasionally, I'll like, I follow like uh, Chuck Omona and I go, I'll, I'll, I'll look him on it and then I'll go down his comments and after a few minutes, you're like, oh my God, this guy's having to deal with this and oh, good, Anna yeah. Subri's a good example of that as well. It probably comes as no surprise to anyone listening that <laughs> I'm clearly a Romanian. Um, <laughs> the, the, but yeah, just some of the bile that's on there. And I, I find, do you know what? I don't want anything to do that. So I deliberately yeah. kind of just tried to make it nice and pleasant. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it is quite easy to do that. The other thing with Twitter, of course, is you can get news out very quickly. Mm. And so that's what these, these types of art places do. It's before they can write an article, if they see something, mm. they'll retweet it or they'll take it and they'll post it very again very quickly. And that can go viral very quickly. And then later, and it turns out to not be true, they'll tweet and go, oh, sorry, that turned out not to be true. But mm. it's too late. 300,000 people have already liked it and shared it, and that picture is still there. You haven't taken it down yet, which is one yeah. of the stories we yeah. had the other week, because like, some far-right guy tweeted something which turned out to be nonsense. He apologised and said, oh, sorry, that last thing I tweeted was actually wrong. It's didn't get rid of it, didn't delete it, no, and it would continue to be shared and commented on for weeks after. Um, so that's the problem with these types of things. Yeah, obviously, an evil thing has happened by, from an evil person, but you can't necessarily believe everything you see about it on Twitter mm, because yeah. there are this kind of sensationalist reporting and linking things that aren't necessarily linked. So that's why we wanted to touch on this story is to, to say, just be careful with what's out there and what you believe. So we will move on from that into story number four, uh, which I will touch on, which is Steve Jobs' last words. Now, this I saw posted from Joseph Rudy Rulo on Facebook. Um, most people probably don't know who that was, but he was a 2017 Republican candidate for the governor of New Jersey. And so it was on Facebook. It wasn't really posted anywhere else. But the image is basically a, a screenshotted load of text. There's no, not even a picture to it. It's quite, as memes go, it's pretty dull. It's a lot of text. But anyway, what it says is Steve Jobs died a billionaire with a fortune of $7 billion at the age of 56 from pancreatic cancer. And here are some of his last words. In other eyes, my life is the essence of success, but aside from work, I have little joy, and in the end, wealth is just a fact of life to which I am accustomed. At this moment, lying on the bed, sick and remembering all my life, I realise that all my recognition and wealth that I have is meaningless in the face of imminent death. You can hire someone to drive a car for you and make money for you, but you cannot rent someone to carry the disease for you. One can find material things, but there is one thing that can't not be found when it is lost. Life. Treat yourself well and cherish others. As we get older, we are smarter, and we slowly realise that the watch is worth $30 or $300, both of which show the same time. Whether we carry a purse worth $30 or $300, the amount of money in the wallets are the same. Whether we drive a car worth $150,000 or a car worth $30,000, the road and distance are the same. We reach the same destination. If we drink a bottle worth $300 or wine worth $10, the stroller will be the same. If the house we live in is 300 square metres or 3,000 square metres, the loneliness is the same. Your true inner happiness does not come from the material things of the world. Wherever you're flying, first class or economy class, if the plane crashes, you crash with it. So I hope you understand that when you have friends or someone to talk to, this is true happiness. Now, that doesn't sound like the words of someone on the deathbed. Also doesn't sound like the words of Steve Jobs. No. If, if you, if you like, believe the stories, he's apparently a bit of an arsehole. I, I think at certain points you have to be in order to be that successful in business, don't I agree. you? Yeah. I think if you're a kid listening to this, or a student listening to this, and you're at school, just buckle in. You're going to have an assembly with this in it. Um, <laughs> this, is, this, this is great fodder for the lazy year head that's got to do an assembly last minute. This will be used and commented on. Uh, yeah, I mean, just like, it, it's like famous last words. They're, they're never those things. No, you know these prophetic things they're always apocryphal and you're quite right you know what you said about him and if you've got cancer and it's particularly bad you're just going to be in massive pain yeah 
you know it's with, unfortunately about with terminal illnesses when you are on your deathbed like that you're not doing much talking you are literally there just gasping for breath because your mm. body's giving up on you so yes. yeah. uh, it's it's a, it's a nice thought maybe he said that I think uh, all last words are a bit like that aren't they because <laughs> something happens too quickly for you to say mm. anything meaningful mm-hmm. or you are like you say something's happened to, taken over so long that by the time you get to the end you, yeah. you're not capable of saying anything mm. so yeah that sounds like too much like a cohesive thing and I thought well maybe someone has embellished the last words maybe mm-hmm. the, the yeah. gist of it was the same but they've added stuff to it to pad it out to make a story make an assembly (laughs) maybe that was something that happened bits of this is going to be ripped off and plastered on posters and and blocks of wood that you can get at the the, the garden centre with the and I looked around your house so before I made this point the the live life laugh (laughs) oh just oh inspirational quote you see it on Instagram all the time and I just part of me dies when I see those kind of things you know <laughs> it's always really badly put on walls like it's never yeah. like oh, it yeah. always looks there's really... so many versions of it mm. that you can it get so cheap it never looks like it fits no. that makes sense it's nice words but yeah so I, I did some searching off so what happened Steve Jobs died in 2011 I found that the commentary that's mentioned here began circulating in 2015 and has appeared sporadically since and it's cropped up again in this last couple of weeks now, I found that in October 30th, 2011, New York Times published an article written by Jobs' sister, Mona Simpson, called A Sister's Eulogy for Steve Jobs. And in it, she actually wrote about what his last words were. Uh, and she says, her quote is, Steve's final words, hours earlier, were monosyllables repeated three times. Before embarking, he looked at his sister, Patty, then for a long time at his children, and then at his life partner, Lauren. And over their shoulders, past them, Steve's final words were, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. Oh, yeah. something simple when you've got no energy and you are sadly about to pass mm. they are the kind of and words you get out yeah and the, the, the thing the, re- the reason I know this is I had very recently someone passed away because of a long term illness and yeah I, I, the last conversation wasn't really anything more substantial than that it's, yeah. it's a nice thought I really like the idea of it yeah and it's one of those things they, 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 they take something and they yeah, plaster it everywhere under someone's name and that's probably not nice for the family to see no. that pop up all over the time but no. kind of understandable why he was a big influential figure who obviously you can't get more commercial driven than some of the Apple products oh, so no. <laughs> I know we've all got <laughs> we've all got one with us right now um and we're recording this on on one Uh, but yeah he he was obviously worth a lot of money and so the thought of him saying something like that probably makes people Mm. think I think people want that don't they I think Mm. in a world where people are looking for sort of that meaning a sense of purpose or some way or something to have sort of hang their own feelings on it it can be quite a powerful thing but Mm. yeah it's it's just no on that note we'll move on to our next story Nick do you want to touch on this one for us the headline is uh, this shit just broke my heart it's uh, from Facebook by a lady called Courtney Ann uh, shared all over it's got 184,000 times it's been shared which is crazy he's covering this CBS Heavy.com again are back uh, covering this as well so you can probably guess where this is going lots of local US news stations are doing it as well and the gist of it is an image which shows a bullet resistant backpack being sold at Office Max with the added quote saw this at the Office Max date uh, and my heart literally broke into pieces 
Yeah, so it's just a simple image that someone's taken a photo of these these backpacks that are bullet-resistant backpacks for kids in the, the back-to-school section. I mean... It's just... Obviously, we've spoken about shootings already once in the show, so we'll keep that part of it light. But the fact that these exist... I mean, if right, they exist, yeah. If this is true, if it does exist, um, uh, and it's a real thing, I mean, literally, that says it all. I mean, if you're American and you take offence to this, I do apologise. But seriously, get your fucking act together. You cannot have kids having a fucking backpack that's bulletproof because you've got guns. You need to go and control your guns, because otherwise, this is going to keep happening and happening, and we're going to have these really weird scenarios where children are going to school with bulletproof backpacks. If this toy's true, <laughs> and it just—it's just ludicrous. It's just absolutely ludicrous that we're in, that that country is in the position it is, where that happens. Um, and yeah, that—that's my angry thoughts on it because I just, it, gun gun control in America and the fact that a lot of that stuff really pisses me off. Like I don't know, I have two thoughts here on this, which is if it is true, then I suppose there's the whole thing of well, there's mud, there's brass, you yeah. know. Someone, someone is going. There's a school shooting. They're not doing anything about guns. We need to protect students. Let's sell bags which are bulletproof. You can see that the, the, the logic there. Um, the thing is, it gets me is is the me- the memes is it's broken my heart. I'm like, really? I've got to the point now, and I live in in Britain, and we see this. I'm just kind of numb to these now. Oh, it's happened. Yeah, it's. I it's think, sad that it's got to that stage. I isn't think it? Yeah, the thing I, is, with well, El Paso, then following in Dayton, the thing in Dayton, I think because it happened so quickly afterwards, everyone's gone. Oh, well, yeah, of course it has. Yeah, it's, it's got to that point now. So I just think we, to me, it, it's like, yeah, I'm I'm furious that this got to that point, but the fact that someone's upset by this. It also gets me. Like, no. Well, maybe this is what's made it sat in. I mean, maybe they're so numb to it as well that when they see it on the news, they don't think much of it. But then when they see it in their, when they've gone to buy something for their kids and they realise the the reality of it, maybe that's when it's sunk in for them. In regards to the backpack, I just simply googled uh, bullet resistant backpack, and there were dozens of results. Um, They're available on Amazon and all sorts of places. Office Max is is part of Office Depot. So I looked on the Office Depot website and I found this teal one that's in the photo. I found that one, that's $119.99. And the description says, the backpack is built to deliver level 3A protection thanks to its soft tactical armor. Do we know what that actually means in layman's terms? I looked up what the different levels were. It goes level 2A, 2, 3A, 3, 4. Mm. So level 4 is the the top level. So 3A is kind of mid-range protection. It's basically lightweight Kevlar that will protect... It it could potentially stop a bullet. It's not going to stop loads. It's better than nothing, effectively, is what they're saying. You can get more expensive bags sort of towards the $200 mark that are higher-level protection. If they do exist, that story is, quite sadly, true. I'll get you to read this one in a moment, Lloyd. But before I do, just to, to let you know, this was requested whilst I was on the Ottawa yesterday. Kitty's stepdad said, "I've got a story that I want you to check." And <laughs> uh, so that's why that's why we're looking at this one. So go ahead. And okay, read cool. So I, it's it says this is the the headline: Gizmo, the Chihuahua, seized and taken away by a seagull. And this is from BBC Local News down in Devon. Who else is covering this? The Mirror, Metro, Sun, Daily Daily Mirror, all covering versions of the story. They're on their own seagull attack story, I imagine, with various different headlines that go for this. The, the gist is this. Basically, a seagull came down, went to a family's, or took a family's pet away, 
Um, Becker Louise Hill said the goal sweep down grabbed Gisabo by the scruff of his neck in paint in Devon her partner tried to grab the dog's legs to stop him being taken away John was like I don't see how a seagull could take a dog I, 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 surely that's fake Let, I want to I wanna know so what are your initial thoughts <laughs> I have many many thoughts on this so uh, yeah it's it, so seagulls can be big I mean, I've been to Brian a few times, uh, and when they go for your chips, they're getting your chips. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Generally, if you go to Brighton, do not eat outside. Yeah. That is, I think, um, is the rule. Yeah, they they are they're massive. Yeah. Um, and then you think about, well, how how big can a bird actually get? And you go like, well, you go as big as a harpy eagle, which is a huge bird. I think it's got like something crazy, like a six foot wingspan or something mm. like that. And I can pick up a sloth. Now, I think about Chihuahua. And sorry to any people that like chihuahuas or are fan of chihuahuas or anything like that, but I call them yappy little fucks because I hate them. They're small, <laughs> tiny little things. They are quite small. That mm. make the worst noise, in my opinion. But still animals animals, so you should love them. Seagull, chihuahua, I can see it happening. It's, I, I, I made motions in my hand now. I'll forget them on the podcast. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I, think we get, I think we get the gist. They, they, get, they can be quite big, and they chihuahuas can. are quite small, so... They are. I can see it happening anything that I can't see happening I don't think they've got really clawy feet which is what helps the, the harpy eagle because it's got proper claws well, big talons yeah I think yeah I must like, admit I don't, the feet is not the thing I look at on, when I see they've got webbed feet haven't they yeah but they've still got claws still on got them claws, they, they're still yeah. quite malleable I think they're not like duck's feet with yeah. like a flap I, I definitely believe this is possible I mean the thing is that seagulls are now kind of supercharged aren't they they eat they follow humans around they scavenge human food and, well yeah and as a result <laughs> yeah. they've, they've gotten A bigger because they're eating human food lots of protein and all those your KFC you drop yep. and your burgers you drop all that protein all, all the carbs and the chips <laughs> and, and the other thing as well they've got more and more they, they're confident aren't they there's plenty oh, yeah. of them and they, they'll, they'll go through so I, I, I'd see this is completely possible yeah absolutely well um, just some background on it um, Gizmo was a four year old dog as described as small brown dog weighing 4.4 pounds so two kilos two bags of sugar yeah two yeah. bags of sugar so not a huge amount of weight the BBC News story has actually got some pretty decent information on it it says that ornithologist Peter Rock told the Today programme on Radio 4 that seagulls were capable of picking up small animals uh, and also Tony Whitehead from the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds said it was possible a recently fledged herring gull came into conflict with the dog and that the parents then defended alternatively it was simply a predation he said it was a rare thing to happen to a dog but advised owners of small dogs to keep an eye on their pets <laughs> So that's what so, was in the BBC report. They've actually spoken to two people who who'd kind of verified that you know, it's unusual, but it can so happen. So it sounds like there's a lot of weight behind this, a lot of truth behind this. Yeah. Maybe that seagulls are just as annoyed by chihuahuas as you are. <laughs> then I'll be on their side. Well, as Lloyd mentioned, the other websites have picked up on this. So I looked at the Metro version, because that mentions a different attack. That says, a, a mum has revealed how a vicious flock of seagulls attacked her two-year-old daughter less than two weeks after they killed her dog. Emily Vincent <laughs> from Cornwall said her family were traumatised after beloved Yorkshire Terrier Roo was fatally savaged by a gull in the back garden. Pet suffered a head wound and brain damage after the attack, believed to have been triggered by the birds protecting a nest. Days after the fatal attack, Emily's two-year-old daughter Jessie was also targeted by the same deadly gull gang while playing in the garden. She was left with facial injuries, but the mum of four said she believed Jessie's wounds would have been more serious or even fatal had she not been there to fight the gull off. Uh, Emily, 40, said she was speaking out about her ordeal in support of the family of Gizmo, a chihuahua believed to have been kidnapped and killed 
by a girl in Paynton. She said, two weeks after they killed my dog, they went for my two-year-old daughter. Thank God I was there and managed to hit it. But it still hit her in the side of the head, causing bruising to her face. So that's their version of the story. So there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> <laughs> right? Number one, is she saying that these seagulls have purposely targeted this family? Because that's what it, is, it no, feels I, like from there. Because he's talking about the gang of seagulls. Sounds like like are they sitting there like hoodies on? Like I'm guessing. Uh, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing it's the fact that they mentioned the story that they think they went for the dog because the, they were defending the nest. That's so like clearly the nest was nearby, and so if they thought maybe that the kid would be going for the nest yeah. as well, maybe that's why. They, See, maybe the nest was in the tree at the bottom of the garden. Yeah. The story doesn't give us that information, but that was my take on it. That's why. I yeah, thought. I think that gives you quite a lot of credence to that. It gives you a lot of weight, saying like, oh, they're, they're definitely there, sort of going, oh, you're near my territory. Do you want to mm. piss off? And a yeah. dog, being a dog, it's just going to be curious. It might get too close, and the same with yeah. the two-year-old child. If you're out, yes. if it's out in the garden and that nest is in the garden, the two old children do not necessarily have the fear that, that they should have <laughs> for those animals. Speaking as the father of an eighteen-month-old who will quite happily run off the edge of a cliff because <laughs> he doesn't realise he's going to fall down it. This is maybe starting to lean more to the story of it happens, but maybe only when they're defending yeah, themselves. It's, it's um because one of those stories that comes out of like that area of the world and it's just like oh yeah this is crazy stuff going on down here like it's just a random news story that they picked up because they're like oh that doesn't happen that often then I found another story on I didn't think I'd ever see this story be covered on this website but businessinsider.com <laughs> Um, they, their <laughs> was it a slow news day in the business world? Uh, maybe. But they, they run a story about seagulls in general because of this. And they say that at least three dogs have been reportedly killed in, by gulls in the UK in recent years. The birds, who have five and a half foot wingspans, have also eaten pigeons, ducks and lambs. And then further on it says, It's hard to ignore these birds. They can weigh up to 2.3 kilograms. And the wingspan of the great black-backed gull can reach five feet seven inches. And they can live up to 15 years old. And then they've included a video, which I'm going to have to show you. The comment says, I'm not sure Gizmo will ever be found, vicious thing seagulls. Oh, Jesus! And it's a video <laughs> of a seagull eating a rabbit hole. He's just woofed that down, he? Yeah. <laughs> and he looks quite happy about it. I mean, that is, it is a relatively small rabbit, but... It's still a rabbit! It's still a rabbit. It's gone and down it's in one? It's gone in one. Well, the same one. In one piece. You are okay, He yeah. has chugged that down quite well. I feel, but yeah, if you can do that <laughs> to a rabbit, found respect for the gull. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's strange, isn't it? It's like, well played, mate. So, you all like your your turn of the phrase chug there, mate. You think now there's a whole group of seagulls yeah. out of shot going down it, down it, go on, do it, Steve, go on, go on. So, based on all that information, I, I believe the story is yeah. true. I, yeah. I, I read a bit more about this, and they were on the BBC link you gave us. There was no one saying, "Can you kill seagulls?" Yeah. And it goes on to say, basically, no, you cannot kill a wild animal. It's illegal. But can you guess the one animal that you can kill? Ooh. What sort of... Are we, um, in the wild. In, in the wild. Rodent? In the wild in, in Britain. Are we talking rodents? It's a kind of rodent. Hamster. Not the hamster, <laughs> no. No, that's a, that's a pet. So, uh, wild. Oh, wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh... In the British countryside, in the UK, by law, you can kill these. I don't know, then. Weasels. What is it? It's the grey squirrel. 
Oh, really? Yeah, because the, oh, the, of course. the great squirrel, of course, isn't actually native to the UK. The, right. the Victorians, uh, amongst the many various different crimes that they've perpetuated on humanity, oh. the importing of grey squirrels. Um, and mm. You went to the Isle of Wight. Yes, yeah. One place where they're not, because yeah, they didn't yeah. swim across. We did notice a nice road sign, you know, the old yeah. triangle with the exclamation mark in it, and it came out like a warning, you know, warning sign, mm. and then just said underneath the squirrels. Yeah. They, so they, what, what about them? They're going to try and mug me, take the hubcaps. What? <laughs> it's the one place where the reds are okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you in fact actually you can't, according to the article, you, once you've trapped a grey squirrel, you're actually illegal to let it go. Oh, okay. So you've got to kill it. So if you trap this thing, you've got to do it away. There you go. Some interesting facts, Kirstie Lloyd. Thank you for that. <laughs> right. Uh, so that basically is our news for the day. Uh, so thank you for that. Anyone listening, if you've seen something online or heard something that you want to know if it's true, let us know. We'll take a look at it, some of your suggested stories, and discuss them on the next episode. You can contact us on Twitter and Instagram, where we are at MOSwooping. You can email us at MOSwooping at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail on Anchor, where we are uh, MOSwooping, funnily enough. We've also got a Facebook page where you can get updates from us, and we'll tell you about when new episodes are released, as well as a Facebook group where you can join the community and share fake stories that you found as well. Uh, you can work out what those are called, I'm sure, uh, Ministry of Swooping, for those who so now we'll move on to sports well what we call sports on this show the <laughs> fact penalty shootout taking it in turns Nick and Lloyd are going to hear a series of five facts and we'll have to judge whether they think they are true or false whoever gets the most wins and in the result of the draw we will head to sudden death and we did have to do that last week so we will start with Nick. The University of Minnesota is older than the state of Minnesota itself. True. It is true. The university was founded in 1851 and the state became a state in 1858. Uh, yeah. Lloyd, iguanas have two eyes. <laughs> right, okay. Uh, I feel like this is a really I feel like. Yeah, you, yeah you, I've been bold and googly here. Um, Mix some sports metaphors there. Can um, we not talk about cricket today, please? Oh, God, no, it's <laughs> terrible, isn't it? Um, it's so outlandish that I'm going to say false. It is false. Congratulations, yes. Oh. Pulled it back to one all. They've got two normal eyes and a third eye on top of the head that only perceives brightness. <laughs> so brightness is in light? Yeah. Okay, okay. Not, 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 not intellect. <laughs> not intellect. <laughs> <laughs> Although, Although we could deal with one of those. Yeah, yeah. yeah we could deal with one of those. Right, so it's one all. Back to you, Nick. Uh, the I'm feeling lucky feature in Google search actually costs Google 110 million dollars a year. Ooh. See again, that sounds quite believable. Yeah, let's go for it. I'll say true. It is true. That's because one percent of all searches use that feature and therefore bypass all advertising. Huh. So you take the lead to one back to you, Lloyd. The man who found the 5,000-year-old corpse Otzi the Iceman in 1991, which was the oldest natural European mummy, was also found dead frozen in ice in 2004. I reckon that's true. I think I, I even saw that story. Yeah, that I is think true. I did as well, yeah. That is true. Too old. Uh, Nick, Samuel L. Jackson hates golf. I think this is false. Um... 
mainly because I'm sure I've seen pictures of him playing golf, but I could be now making this up and okay. getting confused. I'll go, go, go false. Yeah. false. It is false, yeah. He loves golf. He actually yeah. has a clause in most of his film contracts that allow him to play during film shoots whenever he wants. That's brilliant. Does he, did he play? I want to know if he played in his Avengers outfit with, with, the, with the iPad. <laughs> with the iPad, yeah. <laughs> I would hope not. Back to the Lloyd. Christmas carp that live in a family bathtub for a few days before they're eaten is a tradition in Madagascar. Oh no! I think this is false because I think it's true. It's somewhere else. So you're gonna say false? See, in Poland they do that. I know they eat carp for at Christmas in Poland. So I'm gonna go false. It is false. It's a Slovakian tradition. Ah, Slovakia. Okay. Wow. Well worked out. Well reasoned. I would not have done that one. We head back to Nick. In 2014, a missing woman on vacation in Iceland was found when it was discovered she was in the search party looking for herself. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard about this and it's a question of not if it is a fake story I think I've seen this I think it's true and I really hope it's true because that's fucking hilarious it is, it is indeed true how 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 I think she was out for a walk and then but she'd been out so long someone had reported her missing people started going out looking for her she came across a search party said, and they said oh someone's gone missing so she just joined in so surely mm. like and it took them a while to realise they were looking for her okay you are going back to Lloyd then so far everyone right the there's a lot of pressure on there okay yeah sorry I shouldn't have said that uh, the South African jerky like snack biltong is Afrikaans for bull's tongue which the traditional cut of meat is used to make it ah oh. I should know this because I've got a few Safa mates and it's fantastically nice stuff. So it's Afrikaans. Yeah, for bull's tongue. Tongue, bull tongue. I'm going to go false. It is false. Oh! Well, the name actually originated from Dutch. Bill indicates the part of the animal which was used, which is the butt cheek, and tongue indicates the shape, strip. Mm, so we're at four all. We're going into the fifth <laughs> one. Back to you, Nick. The coloured squares at the bottom of the toothpaste tubes identify the composition of the toothpaste. Ooh. I've never heard of that before. Ah, I can go for a guess. I'll say it's true. Okay. Unfortunately, you're wrong. It's false. No! It's apparently a common, it's a common misconception. I think it was something that was shared ages ago that said that it was that. So yeah. some people, a lot of people believe that it is, it is that, but it's not. It's I've never seen anything like that, so I just took a while to stab in the dark. Okay, so this for the win then, Lloyd. Alligators will give manatees the right of way if they're swimming near each other. Right, they're both they're both native to the Americas, aren't they? So it's not one of those you've gone, oh, this animal's because <laughs> you think, oh, crocodiles, alligators. They're like, oh, you idiot, yeah. crocodiles are this continent. Um, it's a right of way. They're a big unit, aren't they, manatees? I'm going to go true. And it is true. Ah! Lloyd wins in there, 5 4 in the end. That's a good good game there, guys. Good <laughs> good guessing. Good working out, I think, there. That was crazy. I do like the idea of like, like, I come around a corner and I was like, oh, I didn't do it after you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's that. Congratulations, Lloyd, on the win. Uh, Thank you. The third winner in our third episode. So we have a different winner each week so far. Well, I'm just uh, going to come back next week again, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have another fact shootout fun next time. So the show's coming to a close. Before we go, though, a bit of begging for me. If you've listened this far through the show, then thank you very much. We feel very honoured. Please do hit that subscribe button. Make sure you don't miss any future episodes. And if you do have a minute, please do give us a rating and a review on whatever podcast system you're listening to us on. Uh, for those 
listening on Anchor, we're also available on Spotify and iTunes on TuneIn. Basically, anywhere you can get a podcast, we are there. So any kind of rating and review would be great. Uh, also, don't forget to follow us on all the social medias and send us any news stories that you want looking into. Contact details coming up at the end of the show. Uh, any final thoughts for anyone? Anyone want shout-outs or mentions or plugs or anything you've got to give, guys? Obviously, uh, it's just thanks for having us on it. Yeah, nice You're to welcome. be my first ever podcast, basically. Don't know about you. If I were to plug anything, I'd say just listen to loads of podcasts because they're great. If you like true crime, listen to the last podcast on the left. They are fantastic. They dehumanise and make these horrible people feel like absolute shit. So you look at them and you go like, oh, excellent. And they do it in a very comedic way. Listen to things like, if you like football, Scoutcast. Those guys are brilliant if you want to win a football league. I listened to them last year and... I won't say it too loud because my brother will go have a right go at me but because of them I won my fancy football league which meant I got a curry and a beer um, so thanks to Scoutcast uh, and uh, yeah just generally listen to podcasts they're great thank you that's that's good advice oh, can I recommend a couple of podcasts as well of course well? you can yeah um one is uh, How Did This Get Made which is the Porsche oh, um, so good Jason Manzoukis <laughs> one they've just done Drop Dead Fred and they sometimes disagree but this particular week, I've never known an episode where two of the four that are on there were vehemently defending the film and the other two vehemently attacking the film. <laughs> um, and it was at one point you just think, they're going to fall out. This may well be the last one. The other one, I'm going to have a shout out to it to, uh, because my friend Ben is, is on it. It's a rugby podcast called uh, More Over podcast um, and they're, they're just basically three lads from Cornwall and one guy from, from Northampton that talk about uh, rugby like you would in a pub and it's a really good listen actually nice uh, so we end our show then with our good friend Rando Cardrissian who will be picking our episode subtitle uh, so, um, <laughs> now this is one of the special rules from Cards Against Humanity where a random card is drawn to play against the real players often with hilarious results so we're going to draw two random cards from the standard UK version of Cards Against Humanity and that becomes our subtitle for this week's episode uh, we've mentioned before we do this because our name for the podcast uh, Ministry of Sweeping came from a game of Cards Against Humanity and also why the hell not so today I've just literally whilst you were talking then I've pulled two out so this week's subtitle is why am I sticky surprise sex (laughs) (laughs) so there we go and that unsavoury note (laughs) we will say thanks for listening guys and goodbye goodbye see you later goodbye if you want to contact the Ministry of Swooping you can email moswooping at gmail.com you can send a voicemail at anchor.fm forward slash moswooping. You can also join our Facebook group and be a part of the community. Just search for Ministry of Swooping. Don't forget, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, where we are at moswooping.com.